and we're back with another serving of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. In today's episode, we have Dr. Eliezer Tayag, physical therapist, to help us understand the home health practice here in the U.S. He earned his bachelor's degree in physical therapy from the Lyceum Northwestern University, his master's degree in public health from the University of the Philippines, Manila, and his doctorate in physical therapy with a diploma in geriatric rehabilitation from EIM Institute of Health Professions. He is a board-certified clinical specialist in orthopedic and geriatric physical therapy. He owns, along with his wife and some partners, two home health agencies, a hospice agency, and a home health rehabilitation company. His areas of interest include dementia, Parkinson's disease, home health, geriatrics, vestibular rehab, orthopedics, and uh, healthcare entrepreneurship, among others. In this first part of our conversation, he talks briefly about PT specializations, then goes to explain what home health practice in the U.S. is. He mentions some important points and concepts to be familiar with going into home health and what pros and cons in working in the home health setting. So, let's uh, come take a listen. Welcome back to PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, your weekly serving of physical therapy information and inspiration from Filipino physical therapists. For this episode, <laughs> we're going to talk about home health setting in the U.S. and, and what it is. I started in, in home health when I moved in here in the U.S. and I enjoyed it. So, for this episode, um, uh, this episode is for anyone who's going to be starting in home health and or thinking about moving into the home health setting. So who better to learn about home health than someone who has their own home health practice and climbed the ladder for um, for today's episode. We have Eliezer Tayag. Eli, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi. So... I met uh, I met you in uh, the recently concluded uh, CSM right in in Colorado and we had fun doing karaoke with other yeah. <laughs> Filipino physical therapists. Um, but most importantly, you were there um, uh, for your board certification, right? For your yes. uh, second board certification as a clinical Thank specialist you. in uh, orthopedic. Uh, Physical therapy, correct? Right. So I'm board certified in uh, geriatric and orthopedic physical therapy. Yeah, so double certification. That's amazing. So uh, personally, what does it mean for you to uh, to be a, a board certified clinical specialist? Actually, um, you know, uh, it's it's really funny. I've, I've been practicing as a physical therapist almost uh, I would say a decade and a half mm-hmm. and I never thought of uh, clinical specializations until after 27 tw- end of 2016 this this is when I uh, took my doctorate in physical therapy from EIM Institute of Health Professions that's where mm-hmm. I I gained momentum mm-hmm. and pretty much uh, got that inspiration to Think about my myself and my progress as a physical therapist. So uh, I started uh, reviewing, not really reviewing, but uh, preparing for it when I started my my DPT. 
So I thought, uh, you know, uh, um, being a specialist will make a huge difference when it comes to um, um, our practice as a setting because there's it's not really common for physical therapists to pursue a specialization when they are in home health. I don't know if this right. is a common thing that I've seen um, over the years. So that inspired me pretty much and eventually – you know, I, I took the, uh, the test and passed uh, the GCS in 2018 and the OCS in 2019. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, uh, it is good for me professionally and overall uh, excellent for my practice in the home health setting. And it will help me make sure that everything that we do in home health are evidence-based you know, all that stuff. Mm, right. I totally agree. Um, I worked in home health. Me and my friends worked in home health in Maryland. And that's why we also decided to get the certified in, in geriatric, uh physical therapy because we thought that since we're already practicing with geri- the geriatric population, what better way to give up our, our best than be Correct. certified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and right. on top of that, you know, with the inspiration from the Academy of Filipino American Therapists, but, you know, with the leadership of uh, 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 Dr. Baloy, you know, Mm -hmm. it it inspired a lot of uh, Filipino physical therapists to actually work into their doctorate, into their Mm -hmm. specialization, whatever, um, you know, progress they want to do in their professional careers. Very, yeah, it's, it's, it's inspiring. So, Let's now go to, uh, before we go to the topic, so uh, could you give us a little background how you how you started in physical therapy and to, to going to now to your current practice? Okay, so it, it's a long story. Pretty much, uh, I am a true-blooded Provinciano from uh, Lingen, Pangasinan. So I was born in uh, Lingen, Pangasinan in the Philippines. So <clears throat> both my parents... Uh, were public school teachers and pretty much being in the medical field is the um how do you say my father's uh, american dream mm-hmm. so he was a uh, i would say a um frustrated uh, u.s navy applicant in the 1960s mm-hmm. so i <laughs> i don't know what happened to him but um in the 1960s uh, my 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 uncle and my dad actually uh took a test to become a U.S. Navy and my uncle was able to get in and my dad did not. So moving forward, my dad always wanted us to have the American dream. So he knew that um, being in the medical field will pretty much fulfill our American dream. That's why three out of four of us um, siblings, one is a dialysis registered nurse in Chino Hills, California, and my other brother that you met, Erds, uh, who mm-hmm. is working pediatric physical therapist in Seattle. So mm-hmm. that's and that that's why we're we're all here. So um, you know, uh, my backstory is like this. So it was not physical therapy, which was my first course. So after graduating from high school, um, I was a freshman at the University of the Philippines, Manila, for for pre-dentistry. Oh. So I was on my way to becoming a, 
a dentist. That was my goal in life that time. But <clears throat> my my father, who who convinced us to become health professionals, actually uh, became terminally ill. So I had to make a decision of moving back to the province and you know uh, taking I and mean, finishing the dentistry course or go another route. But you know, uh, practically thinking that time, my brother, who was already in his third year as a physical therapy student um, um, in the province, already had so many books for physical therapy. So I said, okay, I might just well inherit all his therapy books. So then, <laughs> practical. Yeah, and that that's it. So the rest is history. A physical therapist so after graduating. I taught uh, physical therapy in two local universities. Then eventually become, became uh, got promoted as a as college dean of uh, the University of Pangasinan at the age of 22. Then um, in 2005, moved to the United States to join my my wife and my son. So. So that's my history in the Philippines. So I moved in California in September uh, 2005, but, and I had to go through the usual professional journey of most foreign educated physical therapists. Started as a rehab aide. I was a rehab aide. Then, after passing my uh, licensure exam, I would say around uh, March of 2006. I became a PT license applicant. I'm not sure if you ever had uh, you never you never had to go through that, right? Because no, you you came I, from because I came from Maryland, so I, I just uh, uh, submitted my hours or my years of practice in Maryland. That's, <laughs> that's wonderful for us. Uh, we had to go through the PT license applicant for nine months. So I, I worked in a uh, workers comp. Uh, outpatient therapy place then eventually after becoming a full-fledged uh, pt here in california we bought a house in victorville and where i started uh, working in a skilled nursing facility then from one skilled nursing facility to having part-time skilled nurse another skilled nursing facility then um one of the phil physical therapists here in uh um, the high desert actually introduced me to home health. So he had a contract with the home health agency. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I think um, <clears throat> uh, his son got sick, so they had to move to uh, Texas. And there I inherited his contract from that local home health agency. So that's where everything started. So mm. I started my own uh, home health contracting business so from one agency and i would say in 2007 around almost 90 home health agencies all over southern california probably in three years time so i i probably had i would say almost 80 therapists pts ot's speech and mm -hmm. assistants in 2013 end of 2013 you know, one of the, an older uh, Filipina lady um, is about to close her home health agency. So she owed me money. So when I was speaking to her, she told me, 
do you know anyone that's interested in um, buying a home health agency? Wow. So it was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So mm. you know, my wife and, and a partner actually, um, uh, you know, thought uh, about doing it. So mm-hmm. it was a good faith for us. So we, we acquired uh, Imperial Home Health uh, January of 2014 with only probably around seven patients left. Mm-hmm. So from seven patients, uh, uh, we turned it around. Um, we're now several hundreds of patients uh, wow. for our home agency. In, mm-hmm. in 20, 2018, we acquired another home health agency based in Ontario. The name is Golden Seal Home Health. And uh, just this year, we uh, acquired a hospice agency based in Riverside, which is we are moving here in in Victorville. So mm-hmm. pretty much that's how my home health journey, uh, you know, uh, came to full circle from being a, a um, clinician to owning a uh, home health agency and hospice uh, agency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, right, but was that really your end goal uh, when you were started? That you are you wanted to <clears> own <throat> your home health practice? Actually, it was not. Uh, uh-huh. You know, initially we were uh, contracted with several home health agencies. Mm-hmm. You know, from one home health agency, then eventually two, three, then ten, then came twenty, mm-hmm. then eventually you will come to a point where it, it gets to a saturation level and we'll say, okay, is this really what I want? Mm-hmm. So it came to that point that uh, we're, we're growing, but we're not really growing. Uh, mm-hmm. We were at the mercy of these home health agencies based on their practices. I was not really happy how they treated their patients overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are dictating, um, the number of visits mm-hmm. and all that it's not medical necessity so i said mm-hmm. you know what um i'm done with this so mm-hmm. i said okay when when that opportunity came i said okay i think it's time to move forward and said we can do better than all of these people right so right. that so my wife and i so we we're partners in 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 all of these businesses so we said okay it's time to um move up and you know spread our wings a little bit more so from home health then eventually when you learn home health from from scratch mm-hmm. um, and you get better at it eventually you look for another avenue which became hospice so we have a lot of uh, plans in the future but we're trying to uh, do it one step at a time we, we can't be too far ahead that uh, you know we have to do some kind of calculated uh, steps overall mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that we did but it was never a plan to actually oh, own a home health you know initially when we were doing um uh what's this um home health contracting mm-hmm. our initial goal was to eventually own our own um outpatient practice mm-hmm. so, oh. We said uh, we dropped that uh, idea. We thought, you know, um, a home health practice is a lot better than um, an outpatient practice. But in the future, I'm sure um, 
one of these days uh, I'm still thinking of really having an outpatient practice like having home health and right. hospice. Right, because uh, a lot of uh, home health patients after being discharged from home health are asking, where can I go after this? So, yeah. Exactly. An outpatient facility would be uh, the the best next thing after home health. <laughs> Correct. And on top of that, you know, uh, we have the ability to do um, home health uh, Medicare B at the patient. I mean, uh, Correct. physical Medicare, Medicare B, B at the patient's homes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't really gotten into that uh, practice yet um, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, all of these things happening currently with the pandemic, you know, right. with the PDGM, we actually thought of doing that that mm-hmm. program that this this happened so it put everything on hold on hold. right okay so for yeah so again i said in the uh early part of the show that we're going to talk about home health so what is ex- exactly is home health here in the u.s for for those who are not familiar okay so pretty much um what i'm going to tell everyone is uh, on the perspective of home health as a physical therapist and a perspective home health as a clinical manager um, in charge of the clinical operations of an entire agency. But normally, um, you know, uh, I know you've, you've done home health in Maryland. I'm not sure if you, you're doing it currently. Are you doing a home no, health currently? I'm in SNF right now, but I'm trying to look for um, some per diem positions for home health just to uh, oh, okay. do it in the weekends or something. Oh, okay. That's that's wonderful. So, um, home health is uh, home health practice is one of the post acute settings that a patient. I mean, home health is one of the post acute settings that a patient can choose from after a short stay from an acute uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the post acute uh, choices are um, acute rehab. If you're familiar, like mm-hmm. Ballard here in. And, um, I think well, there's one in one in Pomona, and um, yeah. Aside from the acute care, I mean acute rehab, then we can patients can look into skilled nursing facility, long-term care facility, outpatient, or home health. So mm-hmm. home health is one of the few choices. Unlike the skilled nursing facility, which require uh, three full days of of, uh, admission in the acute hospital, which is currently waived because of the pandemic. To be eligible in home health, uh, it's a little bit less restrictive because uh, there's really no set length of stay to be eligible. So any acute or post-acute uh, um, or community facility can refer to home health so long as they are eligible for, for Medicare and uh, uh, Medicare Advantage patients. There are five important things so that they can, uh, you know, qualify for home health. They have to be under the care of a medical doctor who regularly uh, reviews the plan of care. And this doctor has to certify um, at least one of the services like um, intermittent skilled nursing. Um, For example, they need medical uh, medication management, um, wound care, and so on and so forth. There's PT, there's a speech, there's a occupational therapy. Number three, they have uh, to be under a 
home health agency, which is Medicare certified. So you have to be Medicare certified to be seen in home health. Number four, they have to be homebound. Homebound, you know, it's a totally different uh, aspect. We cannot discuss it currently because it's a, it's a very complicated uh, explanation. And yeah. five, um, uh, face-to-face encounter. They have to have an encounter with a medical doctor and with the new waiver for the pandemic, uh, a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant can actually do the face-to-face encounter at this time. So including mm-hmm. telehealth encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, for <clears throat> for uh, um, practitioners in uh, uh, home health, especially physical therapists, for example, they have... Um, two options. Are they going to restore the patient's functional uh, status or are they going to maintain? So there's a restoration piece, there's a maintenance piece. Mm -hmm. A lot of home health at this point in time, you know, um, prior to the GMO versus Sibelius um, lawsuit against uh, CMS, they were always talking about a an improvement standard to be able mm-hmm. to continue in health, or you know even in outpatient you have to show improvement. improvement. Yeah. But but there's no more improvements. There has never been an improvement standard with Medicare according to, Medicare, which uh, I don't know <clears throat> why we always thought as. You know, therapists, there has to be improvement to continue receiving services, but that's not the case any longer. Patients that probably would need um, maintenance care. When I say maintenance, for example, if you don't see them, they will decline significantly. For, for, like, for example, patients that have um, progressive neurologic disorders like uh, Parkinson's disease or stroke. They don't do their exercises and all that. They will decline significantly. We can see them at a lesser um, number of frequency, for example, once a week, once every two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, things like that and continue seeing, seeing them. So basically that's <clears throat> how uh, home health and home health physical therapy uh, entails. So for you uh, as a clinician and a, a business owner, how, how, what would you say are the pros of of working in home health? Okay, so this is the thing. Um, there's a lot of uh, clinicians that go to home health, mm-hmm. number one, because of the flexibility of schedule. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, um, you know, uh, over the years, uh, especially in California, most... Uh, physical therapists are actually on a per visit type of uh, setup with home health agencies, or they can be on a contract um, basis with the uh, home health agencies. And there are very few salaried uh, um, therapists. Mm-hmm. So recently uh, there have been a move towards more into salaried uh, physical therapists compared to the per visit after the uh, PDGM, the, the patient-driven groupings model. But a lot of uh, therapists want home health because of the flexibility in their schedule. If you have um, a growing family, you have little kids, you have to take them to 
school, you know, pick them up, you know, all that they you have you're caring for an elderly family family member. So they they move the schedule, the the I mean doctor doctor's appointments or pharmacy pick up on that around the the time of their uh, home health uh, patients. So that's number one. And number two, historically, home health uh, pays more, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It always uh, uh, paid more more compared to skilled nursing facilities or outpatient facilities. That's why a lot of uh, therapists wanted to do part-time health. This is pre- PBGM. So currently, mm-hmm. I know a lot of uh, therapists, EOT, speech and assistants that lost their jobs uh, with reduced hours for load, laid off, and all, all that stuff because of the PBGM. And we're only on the fourth month nice. of uh, PBGM. And, mm-hmm. you know, this pandemic uh, happened. So it's like right. a perfect storm for. Right. for uh, and, and Lastly, with um, California, for example, with the AB5, which prevents physical therapists to be independent contractors, Contract. that's really a, yeah, <laughs> that's really a perfect storm for, for in California. It's only California anyway. So another good thing about um, home health uh, practice is it molds you to practice in a holistic perspective. I know that when you were a... A physical therapist um, when you are in an outpatient setting or skilled nursing facility setting you don't really ask about a lot of social determinants of psychosocial aspects of of the patient but right. when you practice in home health you go there you interact with the patient family you see the surroundings you see the best and the worst of people you see quarters you see racist uh, Patients and families, all all that stuff. So um, that that's the thing that you you develop this type of uh, holistic perspective in patient care that you don't really see in the other settings. So it makes you think that uh, you know rehabilitation is not really focused on physical, but it's a lot of psychosocial aspects. So that's a big thing now with. Um, the American Physical Therapy Association, they always talk about uh, the so- psychosocial determinants of health because people who live in a rural area or don't have food to eat, don't have enough money, they tend to go to the hospital more frequently. Mm-hmm. And from health, you, you tend to see all, all of that. And, you know, you don't just go there as a home health PT uh, you become the jack of all trades. Sometimes you become a nurse because you have to change the dressing of the, although we do wound care, but a lot of uh, home health entities uh, uh, delegate that responsibility to nurses to do wound care. But uh, you do other things. You can be home health aides, for example, a patient living alone, but you have to change the diapers and all that, you know, nice. things like that. So the, mm-hmm. I'm sure you you probably. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a funny story about that when you mentioned that because there was a time that I went into a patient's house. He's he's um, wheelchair bound, and Mm -hmm. but he can transfer by himself. And there was one time that he had an accident 
that <laughs> he wasn't able to go fast enough to the toilet. <laughs> so, uh <-huh. laughs> so what happened was um, I got there and he said, um, well, could you help me with, uh, with my situation in the bathroom? I said, what, what situation? Mm -hmm. He said, um, I didn't make it in the bathroom. I'm like, so what happened? So uh, yeah, just, uh, can you go to the, 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 um, my washer? There's a uh, scraper there and you can, could you scrape off my, my, off the floor it's like okay um it was like really so what do i do do i have to like wait for his um home health aid and, and relay that mm -hmm. information or since i'm there i can help the patient i was like hmm all right since i want to build rapport with the patient that was my second time seeing him okay so, as, as i said okay I'll do this. I'll do this for him. <laughs> Hopefully, this would be the last time. But I'm gonna do this for him. So you're right. You're right. You're, you 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 turn to um, like a jack of all trades when you go. Yeah, into you can be the home helper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, most often, uh, you know, you 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 tend to um, you know become the you become the nurse too. Uh, they ask you to help them call their doctors, uh, make appointments. And all that. So, you know, initially when I started home health practice, I said, is this really part of my uh, job responsibility? Then right. I realized, you know what, whatever it takes to help patients get rehabilitated, doesn't matter what it is, mm -hmm. you know, we have to do it. Because when we are there, we are there representing the entire agency. Mm -hmm. So like what? you know any clinician doesn't matter a nurse a pt a home health aide they can all be into one uh, person so i I've, I've done that several times and a lot of um a lot of my uh, our therapists always uh, have the you know stories like that and mm -hmm. you know we always laugh you know it's part of our job so right. how about um what is this uh it teaches us teamwork and collaboration as well because you're not just PT. You have to deal with the patient's family, doctors, um, the nurses, the OT, the speech, the home health aide, the social workers. So you become a member, an active member of the, the team. Mm -hmm. So collaborative and coordinated type of care. But what's, <clears throat> what's really not, uh, you know, that, I don't say if it's a, a, a con of uh, home health, you know, uh, it has to be, it has something to do with the payment structure. For example, are you salaried? Of course, if you're salaried, um, if there is a fluctuation of the number of visits, you will be paid the same amount. Mm -hmm. But if you're on a per visit rate or a per diem rate or, an, or a contractor, like this pandemic, I, I, we've seen a probably a 40% decline in uh, um, therapy visits because a lot of the therapists, I mean, a lot of the patients would not want to be visited or they don't do telehealth. They said, let's just wait until the pandemic is over, then we can resume care. And for those uh, that are per diem or per visit or contract, of course, they will have a decline in their, in their, uh, payment um 
number two, uh, you know, the PDGEN, since January 1st, there have been a lot of uh, uh, layoffs, furloughs, um, change in employment status from full-time to part-time, decreased hours. So I don't know uh, as a as an industry if uh, home health is still a viable option at this time. Maybe I would say wait it out a little bit because of all these perfect storm that, you know, has come to uh, right. home practice. Like I told you about EDGN, the pandemic, and also the AB5 in California, for example. Mm-hmm. So maybe wait it out a little bit. And um, number three, it, it, it's, um, how do you say it? The agency's um, regard of... Uh, the therapy team will make big impact in how you practice as well. Because, you know, prior to the PDGM, um, I know a lot of nursing agency, I know a lot of home health agencies, which are basically nursing agencies, um, have a high regard for the rehab team because uh, they drive the reimbursement. Mm-hmm. When you when you remember that um, uh, number of therapy visits part of the OASIS, and it drives the reimbursement. But now with the PDGM, because uh, it doesn't drive the reimbursement any longer, a lot of nurse-owned or business-owned um, therapy, I mean, home health agencies have sh- shifted their focus. They're not into therapy any longer. That's why there's a lot, there's a significant decrease in the number of therapy visits. So mm-hmm. if agency is like that, of course, you expect that uh, you're probably going to get less services. I even heard about multiple agencies in our area, even a post-stroke patient, they're only allowing one visit a week. Oh, and wow. not, not even um, uh, sending any occupational therapy, which is, which is very sad. For our agency, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. We, are, um, we are doing uh, case management, so we, we check all the elements of the OASIS, the functional status of the mm-hmm. patient, and we determine if whatever the physical therapist requested is medically necessary. Mm-hmm. So that's how, how, we, how we do it. So we even send uh, PTs or OTs twice or three times a week compared mm-hmm. to the other agencies that even don't request for PT or OT mm-hmm. any longer. So number four, <clears throat> you know, we have to think about the financial stability of the, of the home health agency as well. Bigger, bigger agencies, of course, have more financial um, stability. But when you're working for a smaller home health agency, you know, and if they don't have enough patients, then you're not going to be financially stable if you're just focusing on one uh, job as a home health therapist. That's why this point in time, I encourage um, a lot of my uh, therapists <clears throat> to make sure that they have backup plans just in case, you know, the referral goes down and so on and <clears throat> so forth. So, right. yeah, pretty much a lot of the pros and cons. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, I, I don't know, but uh, I think there's a discussion before that. I think home health is going to pick up because mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible, uh, I don't know if it's Medicare, but they, they want the patient to 
go straight home rather than stay in a skilled nursing facility. That's what I heard. <laughs> that you know what you're, you're really right because what what they're saying is the future of healthcare is at home, mm-hmm. and um, once until CMS recognizes the importance of home health in the, the overall care of mm-hmm. patients, we can't get into that point yet. But mm-hmm. that we're uh, in a perspective point of view, um, we're looking forward to that because mm-hmm. it's cheaper. I mean, um, a patient can stay in the acute hospital and spend um, uh, how much would that be? Two thousand five hundred to ten thousand dollars a day in a in an acute facility, and that's an entire sixty-day episode for home health. Just just imagine that. And um, mm-hmm. the nursing facility gets paid almost a thousand dollars a day. Right compared to um, an entire episode of home health, which can be on the average around thirty—I mean, three thousand to four thousand dollars for a sixty-day um, certification mm-hmm. period. So it's so mm-hmm. cheap. So if we look into that type of <clears throat> of thinking, definitely home health would be the best bet for a lot of uh, you know a lot of patients, and also for on the CMS. Uh, side of you know reducing costs mm-hmm. right it would be more cost effective because sometimes uh, the the people sent in in the skilled nursing facilities can I think can be treated at home um, as long as they have um, family to take care of them or, or a caregiver that can be taught of some of the basic techniques mm-hmm. then it would be more effective for them to to, to do their rehabilitation at home. Plus, they are, they're in their, the comforts of their home. They're more relaxed mm-hmm. rather than being woken up every other time by the nurses, <laughs> the occupational therapist, the physical therapist. Right. So <laughs> a lot of people might might be best for them to be treated at home. So Yeah, I'm <laughs> like I was telling you that, uh, you know, if CMS comes to a point and they recognize that I'm very sure they'd want home health mm-hmm. to act more um, active in the healthcare continuum more than mm-hmm. um, skilled nursing or acute hospital. And it will be definitely very effective for, for that. That concludes the first part of our conversation with Elias Artaak. Catch us on the next episode where he describes a typical day of a home health physical therapist, the lessons he learned from working in home health, and he also added some advice in starting a home health business. Hasta luego!